gosh. You're coming to me from from cyberspace. <laughs> Live via satellite? Yes. How did I get so lucky? <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Something. Yay! I did that on my last episode, and I really liked it. Hey! <laughs> I am so excited to be joined by the beauty, the grace, the hair that's in place, Ms. Erin <laughs> Clements, Andrew Lottes! Thank you! <laughs> do you like that little tag I gave you? I was thinking about it, like, all day. I do. And I was like, what can I say? The funniest part about it is my hair is never in place. <laughs> Yes, it is. Don't lie. No. You lie. You lie, you lie. You never lied so much. <laughs> so, Aaron, how are yes. you? I am good. I am hanging in there, you know? We all are. Mm-hmm. Trying to, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Aaron... You're a huge fan of this podcast, so you already know this. But for the listeners out there that don't, I like to ask my guests, how do you identify? I identify as she, her. Uh, you're married to a, a, a lovely, wonderful man named yes. Colin. Yes. 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 He, he's a teacher. Mm-hmm. He teaches in a, the Bronx, New York. He teaches... Oh, sorry. Theater. Middle school theater. theater yes. 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 Where's he right now? He is in New York right now. So he's been there because they're not really sure when they're going back to school or not. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. I know. Well, let's, let's not dwell on, on sad topics right now. No. Um, so you, you and I, we went to college together. Yes. Bronchos. Yes. You, <laughs> yes UCO, home of the Bronchos. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you were... A grade below me? I think so, yes. 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 But you kind of, I mean, I don't know. Once you get into college, you kind of just find your group, and it doesn't really matter, freshman, senior, whatever. It just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, I think there were only, there were only two of us left in my class by the time we all graduated, so it was like we were sort of integrated into your class. (laughs) Nice. I love it. Um, I'd love to know what your first impression of me was. I'm trying to remember when we met. I'm racking okay, my so brain. What, like... I was racking my brain, too. I think we met at a party. Okay. I think it was Justin Larman at a party for the incoming freshman. Oh. Oh, my God. I th- and I think, like, you were there and Ethan Contreras and, like, I want to say, like, Josh McGowan. Okay. Yes. Yes. That would make sense. Does that sound familiar? Oh, my gosh. I don't remember this party. There's been so many parties. <laughs> well, that was a... That was a long time ago. It was. It was. (laughs) I don't even remember. I feel like I've, I feel like with you, I felt like I always have known you. Like I don't ever felt like there was like a a learning curve in knowing you. (laughs) Old soul. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to think about what my first impression of you was. I remember thinking you were so pretty. Thank you. And feeling very threatened by that because I was also really pretty. Avi. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was like, she's gonna get the lead in the musical this year. <laughs> and I did not. <laughs> I don't even remember what the lead, what the show was that year. Um. Well, the fix. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, and y- mm-hmm. you were the lead in that, weren't you? Well, I had to pay Billy Thrash, but yeah. 
Oh, God, I love her. I love her, too. I miss her. I need to call her. Oh. Um, but from some from humble beginnings, yes. you have skyrocketed into a wonderful, not only just like a touring career, but a Broadway career. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So after I graduated from college, well, I guess I should back up a little. While I was in college, mm-hmm. I would work in the summers at Music Theater Wichita, which is, as we know, a great uh, regional theater in Wichita, Kansas. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, so after I moved um, from college to New York, I started auditioning and um, getting my toes in the water. And luckily, thanks to Wayne Bryan at Wichita, I got an agent through him mm-hmm. and uh, been with him ever since. And I ended up getting the Les Mis tour, like, maybe 10 months after I moved there. Wow. Yeah, it was it was really exciting. How long did you tour with Les Mis? I did 13 months. It was, like, the end of the oh. tour. They had been on the road for, like, maybe two or three years by the time I got there. So it had been a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, then it transitioned to Broadway, didn't it? Yeah, so then the show was moving to Broadway, and we all got to audition for it. They came to the tour, and we auditioned, and some people went to Broadway, and we did it there for, oh gosh, how many years? I, I did it on and off a few times, um, mm-hmm. but maybe it was like four or five years total mm. I was doing Les Mis. <laughs> you, you went on as Eponine. Yes, yes. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I I played Eponine for a while um, at the end of Nikki James's run and the beginning oh, of wow. Brian Larks. Yeah. <sighs> what? Now, I'm going to be honest here. I don't like that show. Fair. <laughs> Only because it is very sad and... Um, there are moments of uh, there are moments of beautiful like uh, spiritual levity. Mm-hmm. I think especially towards the end when Jean Valjean is you know dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the payoff to me is not necessarily worth all of the hardship. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean the cheese does stand alone here because that is everyone loves it. And if if you do love it, I fully encourage and support that. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts about that show going into it versus when you were in it? I think. Well, I had done it once at Wichita, the very first year mm-hmm. I worked there, and I loved it because the and when you're in the ensemble of, of that show, it's an exciting ensemble because you're in so many scenes and you get to be so many different characters. And mm-hmm. I actually remember saying to my mom while I was doing it there, um, if I was ever in a show for a long time, I wish it would be Les Mis because Shut it's so up. fun. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That is crazy. <laughs> so anyway, doing it at first was like really great. And then I think doing anything eight shows a week for four or five years is like, okay, I have had enough and I don't ever need to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it Because it's a very long show. It's very long. and Yeah, it's like three hours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, once you've sort of like explored to the ends of what you can do in a show, it's like, all right, it's time to move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair. Moving from Les Mis, mm-hmm. you did Hamilton. Not yet. So um, oh, after, do tell. during Les Mis, I did um, Prince of Broadway 
in Japan. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I left for a while to do that. And then um, right after Les Mis, uh, I ended up doing the beautiful national tour. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I did that for about nine months before I got Hamilton. Do you like touring? You know, I love tour the first time I did it. <laughs> Les Mis, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is exciting. You get paid and you're traveling. Like, you know, I had been all over the country at that time and Anytime mm-hmm. you get paid to travel, you know, it's awesome. Oh, I do know. <laughs> but the older I get. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it depends on, like, the role you're playing on tour. Like, this last year when I was playing Eliza, oh. you know, it was a very hard role. So, it's like you can't yes, go is. out and do, like, the fun stuff. You know, you've got to take mm. care of yourself. So. Right. <laughs> I think it's so funny that you say... You, when you the older you get the more you're like can i just be somewhere with a dishwasher for the love yes. of god and a washing I'm machine so sick of this. <laughs> yes yes what how do you measure success now versus mm. saying say when you're in college i just feel like when you're in college you know the whole time you're in this little bubble of you gotta get out there you mm-hmm. you gotta be a star kid and it's just like <sighs> i don't know you're my my concept of success was like i gotta get on broadway Mm -hmm. that's it i've got to do it Mm -hmm. and then when you get out there you realize that there's so many other opportunities Mm -hmm. um and you have done so much you've been on tour you've been on broadway you've done these exciting Mm -hmm. um conceptual uh pieces of theater too i would just love to know what how you feel about success and what success looks like to you now versus late when it, what it was. Yeah. So I have a few thoughts about that. So when I was in college, that was Man, certainly be... my mindset too. Um, mm-hmm. Broadway must do Broadway, must get it, have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite quotes of all time is wherever you go, there you are. And mm. I think that's something you learn as you get older that like, no matter what level of success or, you know, how high we think we're going, you're always going to be you. So it's like whatever Mm -hmm. crap you're trying to escape by being successful or being seen, you're not going to escape it. It's just going to get heightened. So to me, it's like, you know, Broadway is obviously great. And, you know, what is the word? Um, Obviously it's lucrative Broadway and tours. Like that's like the way to like make a living as an actor like that's the reality of it Mm -hmm. so obviously it's great in that way but I think once you get there you realize you know this is just another show like just like if I were to do a show anywhere I mean it has a bigger budget but it's we're all the same actors are all the same so it's like you start to realize that really what's important is cultivating yourself as an artist like what do I want to be a part of what are the things that I want to be saying with my work because mm-hmm. I think when you first graduate, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll be in anything. I'll do anything because I just, like, want to be a part of it. And you mm-hmm. realize that when you're in things that, like, don't mean anything to you, it's not very fulfilling. Right. So um, I think when you do get to be a part of something like a Hamilton that really means something to you and means something to other people, you're like, oh, this is where it's at. Like, this mm-hmm. is something that matters and like what I want to be doing in my work. And and if I can't do that, then maybe I shouldn't do other things, you know? Oh, sure. 
that makes sense. But that's a privilege too. I know we were going to talk mm-hmm. about privilege later, but no, that's it fine. is we a could... privilege because it's yeah. like, you know, as you get more successful in your career, you get to, you know, sort of decide more what you're going to do because you have the power to like quit things. And also when you're a married person, it's easier because you got somebody making another income, you know, mm-hmm. it's the realities yeah. of it. So surprise this is a gay podcast Woo! i don't know I don't, <laughs> I don't know how i feel about gay people <laughs> um, what has your experience uh been with the gay culture you grew up in lawton oklahoma yeah so i grew up in lawton and honestly i didn't even think about the fact that people were gay when i was young it was like mm-hmm. i knew they were but i didn't think about it, I guess. I don't know. I yeah. knew, I knew one person who was openly gay that went to my high school and loved him. He was in my choir. And then, you know, going into theater in college, I obviously met a lot of people in the gay community and, and that was... You did? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> there are gays in theater? I know. It's a shock. Does the church know about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, definitely my mind was, you know, opened to new mm-hmm. ways of being in the world. You seem like a pretty open-minded person in general. Do you, yeah. w- is that kind of just from your upbringing? Yeah, I think, I think the reason I never thought about really people being gay is like, I never even thought it was wrong. Like nobody in my house was saying like, that's not right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was like, I never had these ideas that someone being who they were was wrong. Oh, uh uh-huh. And, you know, maybe that's because my dad is a therapist and my mom is a social worker. So they both are like extremely open-minded people and they, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't know. It was just like never a thing at my house. You are a woman of color. Mm -hmm. That is okay for me to say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you think that had anything to do with, the fact that you are also part of a marginalized group, you see mm-hmm. other people in a marginalized group and can sympathize. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think being a black um, female person, it's like we're extremely marginalized. So like if I am, why would I further marginalize someone else? I mean, mm-hmm. that's outrageous to me. I, I also just like, I'm like, let people be who they are. It's not hurting anyone, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole idea is like absurd to me. I can't even wrap my hand, my head around it when people are like that. <laughs> I, don't know. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Fortunately, I think those kind of those those ideas and ways of thinking are dying off. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely an older mindset. It is. It is. And, you know, it's from the church, too, mm-hmm. which I, you know, think is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. My last guest, we, we had talked about how people have been using scripture for years to try to get away with keeping other people down. Yep. Yep. I'm actually reading so this book stamped from the beginning right now about like the history of racism. And mm-hmm. oh, it is going into such depth about you know, how the church has used these narratives to further marginalize people for years. Yeah. So who's that by? Um, 
I think, okay, it's either Ibram or Ibram. I'm not sure. X Kendi, I believe. Okay, I'm going to link that in the show notes. Yes. Great. Yeah. While we are on the subject of race, if you don't mind, I would love to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because as a Caucasian person, uh, most of what I know comes from a place of ignorance. Uh, not willful. Absolutely not willful. But mm-hmm. more so, I, and, and this is also sort of part of the systemic problem in this country, is that white people are, I think, purposefully not taught about people of color and their culture Mm -hmm. what i would love to know what your thoughts are on um how you've experienced race Mm. and racism and if it has changed over the years gotten better gotten worse i would love to hear your thoughts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so growing up i certainly experienced racism Um, Are there a lot of um, people of color in Lawton? You know, in Lawton, there are because we have a military base there. So it is Lawton is a very strange place in the sense that it's it's a city, but it's not really it doesn't feel like a city. But it's also not a small town because there Mm. are a lot of people. But it it is small town mindset to me. I can't say that now because I obviously haven't lived there in years. But Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, but there are certainly people of color there. But um, I think also being a mixed person, so I'm half black and half white, um, also gave me a different experience, too, of the world. Mm. Um, but I certainly experienced racism. I heard the N-word growing up. I heard countless microaggressions. People, I mean, I, I can't even recall them all but anyway what what exactly is a microaggression so um things like you know wanting to touch a black woman's hair or like oh okay saying things like oh i love when black people wear blush like that kind of thing oh my god yeah that is so terrible yeah i had a kid also call me half breed once it was It was not Aaron, fun. this is awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you. I I still, honestly, like, I still have to work through those things. Like, yeah. when I'm home, it, like, that kind of stuff mm, runs through Damn. my head all the time. But, um... Damn. And, you know, that's, like, I feel like I probably experienced the least of it. But, um... Mm-hmm. I also experienced... Um, and now I know this being older, that colorism is an issue... Um, oh, uh-huh. And I I experienced some, I don't even know what the word is, maybe bullying from also black women mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I understand that and I empathize with what that was um, because I am a lighter skinned woman and I know I have privileges too. And, uh-huh. you know, it, it offends people. So I, I understand there's a lot that goes into you know, race in this country. And anyway, yes. so I was getting it sometimes from both sides, people being like, why do you act so white? You know, I even had a white woman say that to me once, which was very strange. But anyway, what the fuck? What was her deal? You know, I don't know. I don't know. And you know, these were, these are also kids. So they're mm. experiencing the world as they've been taught. So I'll give them yeah. some grace there, but yeah. So anyway, mm. going to college, <laughs> was an amazing lift of that because Uh I feel like, um, 
you know, obviously college is a more liberal place anyway, hopefully. And, you know, being in music theater, obviously people are more open-minded because you have to be open-minded if you want to be a good actor because you got to empathize with characters, therefore people. So I feel like that was definitely a safer place. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I still feel like there were definitely... (laughs) some microaggressions in college as well. Um, But definitely not to the extent of growing up. Right. Well, I mean, I would just like to say now, if ever I did that to you, I am sorry. I didn't realize it was happening. Thank you. Thank you. I don't remember a specific instance, but thanks. I'm sure there were times that I just did it without even knowing. <laughs> I, I really did. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was no. that probably did happen. You know, the crazy part is, is that like when you grow up in a society like this, sometimes mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was happening mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, you're offended, but you're like, why am I offended? Like, why am I triggered by this? You don't have yeah. the words for it. And now we have the words for all of it because we're being taught. But that's so, we're living in such a great time right now because so many people are not only just standing up and saying, that's not right, Mm -hmm. but so many people are are realizing this is what it is. I have a word for it. And now I can tell you, and now you can understand. And now you can also not do these things that are like, yes, horrible to other people. Yes. I think we have a long way to go, but definitely I think things are slowly getting better and Mm -hmm. maybe it's because so much of those old ideas are kind of dying with that generation Mm -hmm. which is sad Mm -hmm. but at the same time (laughs) you gotta make way for progress you know what i'm saying yes um what is something in, in your opinion that people that that experience privilege not just white people that experience privilege but you know there's there's wealth privilege and other things like that what are what in your opinion are things that people can do to kind of be of service to not just people of color but other marginalized groups Mm, i mean honestly i feel like read read oh yeah books ask people Mm -hmm. be like you are ask be open be vulnerable Mm -hmm. but seriously like reading is the best thing to learn on your Mm -hmm. own Because I feel like if we can just understand each other on a deeper level, like that's where connection and understanding comes in. Because it's like if you're not doing the work on your own, then like you can't put it on the marginalized people to teach you everything. Right. Absolutely. But I think I feel like the learning curve, especially with like, you know, wealth privilege, not just like social privilege, is that they when you're benefiting from something it's hard to want to learn about how that might be hurting someone else right and honestly there are a lot of people who don't care (laughs) but yeah you know if you do care if you say you care then do the work to learn how to Mm -hmm. fix it or help okay yeah um what are you reading aside from Stamped from the beginning. What are some other great books that you've read so far? Oh my God. So many. Okay. So I read Homegoing, which is actually a fiction book by Yagyasi, I think is how you pronounce her name. Sorry if I okay. messed that up. Um, no, that's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link everything. So yes. Um, I love this book, The Person You Mean to Be by um, Dolly Chug, because sort of like what you're talking about, um, 
it's about biases, but I feel like privilege also comes into play. But it's mm-hmm. for everyone. That book is for everyone because we all can have biases. I, as a black woman, can have biases against other people. So it's mm-hmm. it's about that like intersectionality of like none of us is above what we've grown up with, what we've learned. Yes. It's so good. That's my favorite book recommendation. Okay, amazing. These yeah. are great. I'm definitely uh, I I want to I want to read that the person you mean to be. That sounds very yeah. You'll love it. I, yeah, I used to be very much a um, just a fiction reader, and now I'm. I really I'm. I've started reading more, um, memoirs and uh, things like that, and it's really kind of giving me more of a passion to, to kind of branch out into the nonfiction realm. Yes, yes, yes. Love nonfiction. Oh, I love memoirs though. They're so good. Oh, they're so good. Um, I read Tab Hunters. Oh, I haven't read that. It was so good. It was really good. Oh, I should read that. That he wrote good. it because he heard somebody else was writing an, a biography about him. And he was like, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I will write my life story. Thank you. Petty. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. Game are notoriously petty. <laughs> Hello there, you gorgeous fan of the pod. I have no doubt that you are loving this episode. Isn't it fun, humorous, and informative? Well, speaking of fun, humorous, and informative, I wanted to talk to you about That Sounds Gay, a boutique shopping experience designed for the LGBTQIA community and those who love them. That Sounds Gay is a small business with a big passion for creating unique and exciting queer apparel and accessories. Listen, I have to tell you, they have some very cute t-shirts. My personal fave is the tie-dye long sleeve that says, Sounds Gay, I'm in. That Sounds Gay is based in Denver, Colorado, and everything is 100% made in America. Oh yes, honey, TSG is keeping America gay. And for a limited time, they are offering listeners of this podcast 30% off their entire site when you use code MSTUART16 at checkout. Oh, you heard that right. 30% off site-wide when you use code MSTUART16 at checkout. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to THTSoundsGay.com and take advantage of this exciting opportunity. What was that website again? Oh, that's THTSoundsGay.com. And don't forget, use code MSTUART16 at checkout for 30% off. Now, let's get back to a little something gay. Okay, so you mentioned earlier you were in a little known musical. Um, I, I hope our listeners know what it is. It's called Hamilton. <laughs> yes. Little little musical. Little musical. I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you. I had never seen it until last night. Oh, cool. I watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah. When you were on tour, I really wanted to see it because you came to Tulsa. Yes. And my boyfriend had season tickets, but (sighs) he, him and his friend had like made this deal like years prior that if Hamilton ever came, they were going to take each other. And I was like, oh. I am the love of your life. Oh, no. So I did not get a chance to see it. However, I used my imagination last night and I placed you into the show. Thank you. You were the female swing for for everyone or the Skylar sisters? The Skylar sisters. 
Okay. So on tour, I was what? Eliza, but in New York, the swing. That is insane. How? How? <laughs> Lots of crying. I was like, Damn, this is so hard. <laughs> so much crying. <laughs> I remember when I first joined. So the the cover is in the ensemble. So she's woman five, and she covers the sisters. So I was okay. learning four tracks, and I remember the very beginning. I was like, "There is no way I'm ever learning this." There are so many words. And in that show, when you first get there, it's such a learning curve because you have to learn literally all the songs because everyone's in most of them. And all of your um, movement is like on other people's like certain words, (laughs) like little things on the surrounds here. Oh, my God. It it was overwhelming. I cried a lot, but also it was very fulfilling. (laughs) Well, I can imagine. Um, Angelica, she just spits out so many words yes so many words so many words that That is impressive that song is like thrilling to perform because you're like you there's not even time to think about what you're saying so you're like if i mess up it's gonna be like crickets because i'm like (laughs) (laughs) did that ever happen no surprisingly that one i'm I actually, I messed up my words in Les Mis more than in Hamilton, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Nerves. <laughs> okay, so uh, who is your favorite sister to do? Well, acting-wise, Eliza is I'm my I'm sure they favorite. all have their merits. Yeah, yeah. Acting-wise, Eliza is my favorite because she has the biggest journey. I mean, Angelica mm-hmm. is sort of satisfied is exciting, but she's more like the strong one. It's a very, like, steady character throughout the show. Right. So, and, you know, mm-hmm. Mariah, Peggy Mariah is fun because Mariah has a little dress in her hair. <laughs> you get to have this little sexy little number. Little sexy. <laughs> Like, ooh, ooh, your little ooh. look at me. <laughs> ooh, my husband doesn't love me. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've have it on good authority that there's a bootleg of your production oh. out there. Oh, there is. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh no, it's okay. Hey, I don't have that big of an audience. It's okay, those things float around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god, I can't believe someone would do that. Those jerks. <laughs> How dare. Send me the copies. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to be part of not only um, a political milestone, but a cultural phenomenon? That thing changed not just live theater, but the way we view history and politics. And mm-hmm. it just, it was such a, a turning point for so many things. What, yeah. was, what was it like being a part of that? Um, amazing, shortly. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, I think, so the show had been opened for, I think, two or three years when I joined. And obviously, I'd like followed it. But it, when I joined, I was terrified, obviously, because it was this huge thing. And, you know, you're coming in and you're like, you have imposter syndrome. But um, they were so welcoming. Like, I... I really can't say enough for that team because they truly still care about the show. They show up all the time to work on it with all the companies, you know, and they really do care about it. They care about the integrity of it. They care about all the people that are in it. So I Mm -hmm. think just the culture of the company behind the scenes to me 
was so different from what I had experienced before. Yeah. Um, and that was extremely refreshing just to feel like cared about in a different way. Oh, right. Um, and then also, I know all this is behind the scenes, but... To, we love behind the scenes. I know. To work in a company with so many other people of color is such a rarity for, mm-hmm. you know, us. All the shows mm-hmm. I had been in before, you know, there's like a few of us, it's token, and, you know, it's just a different culture. So to be around all these different people was just so refreshing and... And I never had to worry about going to work and someone not knowing my name because they get it confused with another black girl or, oh yeah, you know, it, it just, I can't even explain what that feels like when you don't experience it Yeah. Uh, very often, but I, it, it really filled my soul to be a part of it. And then the other layer, the outward Hamilton, um, mm-hmm. obviously you just see something that has changed the world basically the music theater landscape um and and seeing just like greeting fans and seeing how they interact with it i mean there were people who say like this show saved my life like i don't know it's just it was like beyond i mean i i really feel like it's like that's a once in a lifetime experience like you know shows Mm -hmm. like that don't come around very often that change the entire landscape so i don't know i just feel really lucky did you ever get to meet lynn oh yes yeah. so lynn lynn came to new york quite a few times when i first joined and then um when was we he were nice on... oh yes very nice very <laughs> nice <laughs> i yeah. assumed he was he seems like a nice guy yeah that's truly i'm not being political or trying to be they're really all lovely people mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> He kind of he kind of knows the deal too because he was an actor for a very yes. long time. I yeah, mean, he still is. And you know, I feel like that's honestly maybe what helps too is he has like an empathetic understanding of what it feels like to be in the show. So uh-huh. I feel like, you know, that definitely helped mm-hmm. the culture. Did a lot of um, famous people come and see your show when it was on Broadway? Yes. So I. I missed Meryl, which is always my life regret. <gasps> but um, oh I know God. I'm so no. mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> but um, Aretha Franklin came while I was there, and oh, I wow. got to meet her. So that was incredible. Um, before she <sighs> passed, and um, John Aww. Travolta came. We've had a lot of like NBA, NFL players. Um, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, who were some other cool ones? Was it Mike Pence that came one night? He did. I was not in the were show at that, that point. No, okay, but um, that was I, fairly I, early on. I it? do remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was, you know, that was would have been 2016. So that would have been I don't even know. Was that? Yeah, that would have been like right after they opened on Broadway. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because I think 2015 is when it opened. I think. Oh, okay. So it wouldn't have been. It was like a year maybe afterwards. Yeah. Well, still, most shows don't even make it a year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um. <laughs> Who is like the worst person you met? Who is the bitchiest <laughs> celeb you met? I don't even know. Put I them didn't on blast. I don't even. There were no no bitchy people. I'm serious. <sighs> That's so boring. No, I'm sorry. There weren't. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't. I'm so sorry. Did you get to meet RuPaul? Did RuPaul no, come? No, I didn't. I don't think he came while I was there. Or if he did, Damn. no one told me. Jewel came. I just remembered that. 
Ooh. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Very. A little blast from the past. I know. I remember being like seven years old listening to her music. I was like, Same. that says everything about me and you. small <laughs> <laughs> Just like angsty at seven. <laughs> uh, so we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Live theater is no longer really happening in person. I mean, there's still remote virtual mm-hmm. kinds of things, but that doesn't really, that's, that's so sad because it doesn't really capture the magic of live performing. No. What, what do you think the future of live performance is going to be like? I mean, Okay, my... how about this? <laughs> no, so finish your thought. Okay. In my hopiest of hopes. Yes. I, I hope that once these vaccines get distributed, that life can oh, please. return a bit please. normally. <laughs> I hope. Um, but the other part of me is like, I now we have new strains. Like, what's going to happen with that? And I, I mean, it's kind of like not even in the sense of live theater, but sometimes now when I go into restaurants, I'm like, why were these workers not wearing masks before when they were making my food? <laughs> yeah. So I oh, feel I'm like right there it's with you. stuff like that that we've sort of realized. And I don't know. It It's quite scary with theater because it's like the vaccine's not like the only thing that's going to save us. We're going to have to have mm-hmm. other measures. There's going to have to be better cleaning measures in theaters. Um, you know, requirements for cleanliness. I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, Broadway theaters especially are, like, notoriously disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and and old are. and what not cleaned. I, I don't know. I don't know why they don't <laughs> clean them. Probably because they, they haven't really ever had to. Yeah. Well, New York in general is kind of a germy place, if you really it think is. about it. It is. There's so many people touching everything. All so the they time. probably are just like, I mean, what's a, what's a hand dress? I mean, yeah. why wipe it down? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm continually shocked that I didn't get COVID when we first shut down because a lot of people in my dressing room had COVID. So I'm like... Are you serious? Yeah, and I mean, we're all on stage like singing to each other, kissing, touching, like, who knows? Wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. You haven't... you, You never got it? I don't think so, but of course, at the beginning... I could have been asymptomatic and not known. I mean, I have no idea, but I know because I never got tested. Because at the beginning, you couldn't get tested unless you were like really ill. Yeah, near death. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Oh, you got it." You're like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, I know. My chest is caving in. <laughs> <laughs> my lung just fell out. I know. <sighs> I, I just look at the people that. Not even just people that want to go back to like live theater, but the people that miss going to concerts mm. and any sort of live venue. The fact that they are is such a want for that. Mm-hmm. I hope that, that that's just going to, you know, trickle down to all live live entertainment. And yes, I do think it's going to take I think it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Fe- probably a few years. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's going to come back. Yeah. My only fear is, so 
I I was in New York about the same time you were mm-hmm. for a little bit. You were there much longer. You were far more successful than I was. Shut but, up. <laughs> I mean, no. those are the facts. <laughs> um, but it was hard to get a job even then. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like once this is all said and done. And there mm-hmm. are actors that are not only part of the union, but actors that are, you know, Mm-hmm. like me just trying to get their start it's gonna just right. be so so competitive i know i i do worry about that too <laughs> because also you know to have vaccines to have the ppe to have these things in the theater that keep people safe requires money mm-hmm. i mean so it is a little scary because you're like well who are the shows that have the money to do this and oh right and if there aren't that many then that's less jobs so yeah, I do I do have that fear too, but I, I hope eventually it'll bounce back. It's got to. I mean theaters survived far worse, right? Yeah, like what did they do in in the early eighteen hundreds with the Spanish flu? I... There was theater back then. There was Broadway back then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they had to have done something. Yeah, I, I don't know what they did. I mean I don't know. I'd have to research that. I should have done my research. <laughs> I am a professional podcaster. These days. You look professional right now. <laughs> Me? Yes. In my hat and my button-down chambray? Yes. In my home office? <laughs> it does look professional. Uh, well, you know, this microphone only cost about $50, so, you know. <laughs> I'm, bra- I'm really breaking the bank over here. <laughs> Do you miss the New York of the the pre-pandemic New York? Yes. <laughs> well, I was just thinking yeah. about when you and I were there together and um yeah. You were like, I think I had just moved there. Mm-hmm. And you invited me over for cheese and wine and I was like, "Okay, it'll be it'll be cute." And I was like, "Let me just stop at the bodega and just get a block of something." Yes. And I think I brought over like a block of Swiss and I got there and you had like several charcuterie boards laid out. I was like, <laughs> "Oh." And I had this stupid little block of cheese. No. I was like, "Here." <laughs> no. You were like, "Can I offer you some dried apricots with a drizzle of raw honey?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know we were doing this. I like to entertain, okay? Listen, and I loved to be entertained, so thank you. I'm do you dying. That? I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is so funny. It was great. We had a good time that night. You're making me sound really fancy. I'm not fancy at all. You're very fancy. No. Yes, you are. <laughs> Sliced artisanal meats means fancy, Aaron. <laughs> true. true. <laughs> Prosciutto. <laughs> See, I, I didn't even know what that was until I came over to your house. <laughs> Shut up. I was like, you mean this is high-end ham? Put it in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you crack me up. Oh, you know. I do what I can. I do what I can. Um, what are you working on these days? Are you, oh, gosh. are you keeping yourself busy? I am. So for a long time during the pandemic, I was working, um, doing this online thing called Broadway Plus, where you like meet with fans and do Q&As. And oh, cool. then I started a directing fellowship at my acting studio. 
Um, yeah, so that's been fun. I sort of like switched directions. And okay. I um, I was teaching a class there for a little while with three other people called 4C, which is um, color conscious character creation. Um, okay. So that was exciting. And then lately, I've still been doing my directing fellowship, but I went back to school for my master's um, Did all you? online. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. Um, not in theater, though. Um, public and nonprofit management. So I'm excited. So right now I'm in my first semester, which is scary to write papers again for the first <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> but um, it's been good. And and then I'm going to direct a show, actually, at UCO. This, <gasps> Shut up. This spring. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is this... Are we getting... Are we getting the first... This is the first drop. First drop. <gasps> You heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> a little something gay is bringing you the news. Yes. What are you directing? Ain't misbehaving. Nice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Listen, I have to tell you, you, when we were in college together, you did this wonderful impersonation um, of Shug Avery from The Color Purple singing Push the Button. <laughs> yes. But you sang it in like a little baby voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think about that constantly. Sometimes I try to recreate. <laughs> <laughs> there we talking about good loving. And there we talking about good loving. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny. But also, like, why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why just did happened... I sing it in a baby voice? <laughs> it just happened so organically, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Do you have any impersonations that you pull out? Is that on your special skills? You know, skills? I used to do Heather Headley, but I haven't done it in a while. <clears throat> oh, we were in, we did a little Aida directing project. That yes, was fun. we did. I think that might be why I started doing that impression. <laughs> can you, can we get a little Heather Headley? Okay. This is the moment when the gods expect me to beg for help. <laughs> Just all in the back of the throat. Also, the little Celine came in there, I think. I think they're, they're they very are similar. Cut in the same cloth. Yes, yeah. yes. Very they, epic, they both... very lifted. Yes. It's in the in the back of the soft palate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes. Um, okay, so when is Ain't Misbehaving? Is it, it spring? It is the 15th of May, I believe, that weekend. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, is it just one weekend? I think so. Oh, boo. That might be a lie, but um, How? I'll get back to you. <laughs> are they? Are they? <laughs> are they going to do it outdoors like they did the it, other? It's going to be at the Jazz Lab. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. What a great space for that because you can really spread yeah. out there. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, the Jazz Lab. Duh. Ain't misbehaving. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. Thanks. It's oh, be you'll fun. get to be there with like Cassie and Greg. Yeah, and Ryan Steer. Oh, and Ryan Steer. Yes. Yeah. Remember when you thought that that Ryan and Haley killed Cassie? Yes. And I was right. She's dead. <laughs> She's a ghost. She's, She's a ghost. She's, She's Lizzie Willow. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was fun. They turned her into Lizzie Willow. <laughs> they killed Cassie. They killed Cassie. We walk they in the bathroom her. and they're they're in the tub <laughs> laughing with each other. <laughs> what is 
happening? Very diabolical. <laughs> yes, they're very diabolical. <laughs> I feel like we are we're sort of getting towards the end here. Eee. This was so fun. Yes, it was. I'm so glad you decided to do this. Me too. Thanks for asking me. I was nervous about asking you. Why? I thought you'd say no. What? <laughs> No. I was like, she's busy. She, she oh, doesn't yeah, have time I'm, for me. I'm so busily unemployed. <laughs> You're getting a master's. I know, but still. That is not that is not just a light <laughs> a, a light chore. That's true. It's true. Then I'm I'm not too busy for my friends ever. Oh, you're so kind. Oh my God, I'm going to blush. So since we are getting to the end, I like to wrap it up by asking my guests, is there a gay person in your life that has influenced you in any type of way? You know, there are so many gay people who have influenced me in a wonderful way, but the person that comes to mind is my friend Suni. Um, They are younger than me and they are seriously so open, so they offer such information and are such a light in the world that I learn from them seriously like every day. <laughs> they post mm-hmm. um, if you want to follow them on social media. That's probably the person that's that influenced me now, most mm-hmm. specifically, to keep my mind open and keep learning and understanding um how different people walk through the world and that, you know, I have blind spots too. Yeah. We could all stand with taking those blinders off. Yes. Yeah. Seeing the world and 360 and not just what's ahead of us. Yes. Cause there's so many experiences of life that we don't understand. And we don't even know that some people are hiding, you know, cause they feel like they Mm -hmm. can't be who they are. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on, uh, the new Biden presidency. I'm excited. Me <laughs> I mean, too. Anything besides what we had before, right? Exactly. Um, but also, I obviously I'm most excited about Kamala Harris. But um, same. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm interested to see if they deliver on all the promises, which I know can be tough. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do feel excited and I feel especially excited about, you know, the things that happened in Georgia, this election and, and, you know, even here in Oklahoma, I think, um, what is her, um, their name, Maury, Maury Turner, I believe, Mm. I think is a representative here. Um, and they're super exciting. I mean, I feel like it's changing. I feel like our world, well, Maybe not our world, but America's maybe keeping up with the rest of the world now. <laughs> but really, though, like we've been so behind on so many things. I know. I know. God, we got to get it together. Yeah. And it felt like, at least to me, it felt like we took many steps back in the last four years. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, but also, I feel like maybe it was necessary to bring things to light that we thought were eradicated that weren't, you know? It's like people were like, oh, we're in a post-racial society. And, and, and that presidency really showed that that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I agree with you. I think the, the last four years were a bit of a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of with 
the virus, it, it sort of has made a bit of a cultural reset, I think, just because so many people are forced to interact with themselves a lot more than they they once had to so they can really check in and see you know they see things on tv and they can really try to check in with how they feel about things you know Mm -hmm. you watch the news and of course there are biases but you can you can also really just start to understand your own thoughts on certain things and not Mm. I, i don't know there there there's just there's definitely something to be said about being solitary Mm. and looking within that I think a lot of people were forced to do. Yes. Yes. Which is kind of nice. It is. It really is. Yeah. Like even for myself, I feel like this time has shown me like what I really value, who I really value, who values Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It is. It has been eye opening, I think for everybody, you know, and seeing what's important to you in -hmm. life. It's made you focus. (laughs) Mm hmm. Absolutely. Whether you want to or not. <laughs> One last thing. Yes. Before before I go, um, where can everyone follow you if they want to follow you? Oh, so I'm on uh, Instagram, Aaron E. Clemens. And mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really post on Twitter. So you might be bored, but you can follow me anyway. <laughs> and I also have a website, AaronElizabethClemens.com. Great. And can we go to your website and find the projects you're working on? Yes. Yes. And past projects you have worked on? Yes. Yeah. Great. Yes. Everyone's yeah. going to check you out. You're going to get so many hits on your site. I can't wait. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for being a part of A Little Something Gay. Do you have any last words you'd like to impart to the listeners? I just love you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> I'll ask you more often again. Okay. I'm glad. Okay, great. <laughs> Go forth and be gay, everyone. Woo!